Wasn't that a beautiful song? Praise God. You can say she sings from all her heart. Thank God and thank you, Genevieve. And thank God for each and every person who is here today. I'd like to say you're welcome always to come and attend church on Sunday morning. There's nothing better place. There's no better place to be than in the presence of the Lord. Let's open our, uh, the book of Psalms, our Bibles, the book of Psalms, chapter 146. 146. I want to read two verses there, and uh, the Lord, may he carries on from here on. Psalm 146, verse 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. May the Lord bless his word. Ron mentioned in his sharing on uh, during the breaking of bread about singing a new song, the song of redemption in our hearts and before the world because he's done something that we never expected. He saved our souls and he released us from our chains. And I said, well, if this is a good indication to what I'm going to preach, thank you, Lord. In the last five Psalms, in this book, the praise of uh, David especially overflows completely. If you read them, you will see how much He was thankful and offered God praises in every psalm. And actually in all the psalms. But these are special psalms. And praise the Lord, if you look in the Bible, you'll find that it's the word hallelujah is the same. So you can say hallelujah and forget about lifting up your hands. And doing anything. But it's hallelujah. In other words. Thank you Lord. Blessed be your name. I praise you. Well if. The weather stays like this. We can say this is like. Thanksgiving. And we should be thankful to God. For what he's given us. And if you feel like this is like a Thanksgiving. uh, Message. Well and good. We should be thankful all the time. We shouldn't wait for November. We should thank God and praise Him and say hallelujah to the Lord on a daily basis. And this is what we're trying to do today. Uh, Someone wrote, Praise takes our mind off our problems and shortcomings and helps us To focus on God. And that's true. Did you ever 
try to hum a, a song in your heart or a hymn? How many times do you wake up humming a hymn in your heart? And then you start, try to get rid of that song and you can't. I said, Lord, give me another one. This has been going with me for like an hour. <laughs> Did you experience that? I, th- I think this is, I, the Lord created us like this and we are thankful. And I get up and start humming it in my mind. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. That I'm not singing a worldly song. I am singing a song of redemption. And this is what we're looking at. What, why is he saying, David, that is, I will praise the Lord while I live. It's not, it's, that means all the days you're giving me, I want to praise your name. And he says more than that. He wants to ex- express it more. And he says, I will sing to my God while I have my being. It's almost identical. But as long as I have strength in me to sing and say thank you, I want to sing and say thank you. He was a musician. And the musicians and those who love music, they will love Hearing that singing is a big part of our worship. And singing is a big part of our lives. And we thank God for the treasury of songs that we have inherited. That we can sing them because they bring us closer to God as we heard. And someone else said, praise lifts our perspective from the earthly to the heavenly. And how true it is. A story is told about Bob Hope and a group of entertainers. They visited St. Albans Hospital. They heard beautiful singing when they entered the hospital. Then they saw a badly maimed veteran of Vietnam War, War pushing himself toward them in a wheelchair using his arms, the only limbs that had left in him. Hope said, we have come to sing for you, and you are singing for us? The soldier replied, when I stopped thinking about what I had lost, and began looking at all I have left, how could I keep from singing? Do you have reason, David, to sing? He said, I sure do. Christian, I asked you this morning, do you have reason to sing? I'd like to hear a better, stronger amen. <laughs> now we're taking to talking Pentecostal people, but that's all right. <laughs> do we have reason? Yes, we do. And if we ask, if we go to David and say, David, do you have reason to sing, to praise the Lord, to say, hallelujah, what a great God I have. He said, yes. I want to take a few words. Here in the same psalm. He says in Psalm uh, 146, verse 8. Verse 7, first. The Lord sets the prisoners free. I am thankful because he set me free 
This is what he's saying. And sitting at your comfortable seat this morning, coming dressed and you feel clean, you feel good, you feel good because you're in church. Can you say that he has set me free? I thank God for the amens. And if there's someone here that cannot say, the Lord has set me free, this is the time to say, Lord, please set me free this very morning. Change my life. It's becoming afternoon. Change my life and set me free. Like this psalm songwriter who is enjoying his life. He set me free. You know, a uh, one of the Christians once visited a hospital. Talking about hospitals today. May God help us. Not to see them until he comes. But if we do, he will visit us and help us and comfort us. And he came to a man who was really sick. And uh, he he told the man, Dear man, when you come to the end of this life, will you go to heaven? Good question. In a tone of defiance, the man replied, Oh, I think I'll get to heaven all right. And he said, Do do not worry about that. And why, after all, why do you ask me this question? The visitor answered, Well, I'm asking you because there is life after death. Well, the answer came, well, I hadn't thought about it. But what do they do? If people die and go to heaven, and people die and go to hell, but suppose I am set to go to heaven, what do they do in heaven? And then the visitor told him, listen, they have a song they sing in heaven, and I want to give you this song so you might Look at it and try to read it. Read the song. And he said, he gave him two verses of a song in heaven. Revelations chapter 5, if you'd like to turn with me. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. And he left him with that. And we read it. And this man got so worried. And so interested that he started reading it. Worthy art thou to take the book and to to break its seals. For thou wast slain and did purchase for God with thy blood men from every tribe and every tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God and they will reign upon the earth forever. That night he slept. The preacher came back next day. He said, he went directly to his bed. He said, tell me, did you think of what we talked about? He said, I read your little song that you gave me 50 times. And about the 48th time, I just sat in my bed and gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, now, I can go. 
to heaven. And I am going to go singing that song in my heart until I get to see my Jesus. You were slain and by your blood you did ransom men for God. And I say dear brother, dear sister this morning. This is what I want to tell you. If you don't learn to sing that song on earth, you will never sing it in heaven. Do you know the song? Have you experienced that beautiful song? The Bible says when things go wrong sing in your hearts unto the Lord. This in Colossians. This is what Paul and Silas did. They were in jail. Their hands and feet were tied. And they were waiting. But they were singing hymns and praises to their Lord. And suddenly an earthquake came and we know the rest of the story. And God got them out. How many people today are like, are like this man who is still in chains, in jail, in bed, at the hospital. Cannot do anything. How many? They rush through life. Many people rush through life. Without a thought. Of what will certainly follow. Hoping against hope. That somehow. Someday. By their own efforts. By their own works. By uh, doing so many good deeds. They will get to heaven. No. The only way to heaven is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then you will have a new song. And you'll sing that song. And we heard David saying here, Oh yes, the Lord sets the prisoners free. He set me free. This is why I can dance. I can sing. I can play the harp. I can rejoice. I praise the Lord because He has set me free from my sin and from my prison. Did He set you free this morning? That's a question. Do you have that beautiful song in your heart? Can you say, The Lord has redeemed me and I am His own? Or are you still on the outside? You cannot sing this song. And no matter what, you try to sing that song. You try to quote that scripture. But you cannot because it does not apply to your heart. The only song that applies to your heart is, Lord, save me and change me and accept me as a sinner. That's a beautiful song, by the way. And I hope you will sing it today. He had so many things to thank God for. He said, he set the prisoner free. Secondly, he said, he opened the eyes of the blind. Look at, look at this here. Verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He did when he came. 
And he did open eyes of many blind people. But we're talking about a different blindness this afternoon. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Who blinds the eyes? The devil. And who's blinding the eyes of so many millions of people today? The prince of this world. He has followers. People are in danger. And they don't know it because they have been blinded. And if I'm talking to someone here this morning who cannot see well, if you cannot see well, God himself today who is speaking to you and knocking at the, uh, at the door of your heart, you need to open your eyes and ask God to open your eyes. The Apostle Paul, in his testimony, in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, and he say, tells us about what the Lord has commissioned him to do. And listen to this. I am sending you, the Lord says, to open the eyes of the Gentiles so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God. <coughs> Ask the Lord while sitting in your seat today. If your eyes are still closed, if your eyes are still blinded, you might not say, well, hey, who's Adol? Don't tell me I'm blind. I can see. I know you can see me. But can you see Jesus? Can you see his salvation? Can you see his redemption? Can you see Christian who is a backslidden Christian? Can you see his restoration as we heard this morning? Open my eyes. In order that they may receive, he continues, forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith unto God. This is what we need. This is the kind of healing that is needed by many people by the world today. The world is going blindfolded. To their destiny. Eternal damnation and hell. Why? Because Satan has blinded their eyes. Would you ask God while sitting in your seat today. As you hear these words. Lord open my eyes so I can see. And then when you can see. You cannot stop singing. When God healed the blind man. And opened his eyes. And told him to go. And he started seeing things. He says, I want to follow wherever you go. He says, no, no. Go tell the world. Go tell the family, the world, what God has done to you. He went and said, I was blind. He didn't have, he didn't go to a theology school. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to witness. But he said, I was blind, but now I can see. That's enough. That's enough. May God open the eyes of each and every person today. Christians, may the Lord open our eyes. If we have hazy things, if the world has come between us and Jesus Christ, today is the day where you say, Lord, open my eyes completely and give me grace. Paul, again, in writing to the Ephesians, in chapter 1, he says, I pray 
that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And I pray for every Christian, every believer, every eye should be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. So we can see God as He is, appreciate Him, and start being thankful. It's enough complaining. It's enough whining. It's enough looking at the negative things in life. It's enough coming to people and say, well, uh, how are you? Well, I want to tell you uh, the difficulties I have. Did you ever think, thank God about your health? We are materialistic people. We measure our well-being by material things. By how much we own. By the money we have at the bank. By the statement that comes every month ends in 401k. This is the CDs. This is, and this is how we measure it. And when we see things not there, they are not there, and they are only expenses and charges, we start whining and complaining, forgetting that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us everything. And we forget the best thing that he's given you and me. The richest person is the one who can start say, I'm healthy. Ask a sick man, tell him, what, would, what do you desire in your life? He says to be healthy again. Forget money, forget homes, forget anything. Give me good health. And I say, I go a little bit further. I want to have Jesus before anything else. Give me Jesus and take the whole world. Open my eyes so I can see Jesus, what he's done for me. And how much he gave me. How much he bestowed upon me. Do we have to wait for Thanksgiving Day to be thankful? After all, it's been messed up completely. It's becoming a turkey day. And I don't want that. I want a Thanksgiving Day every day of my life. He says, I thank you Lord. Because you have opened the eyes of the blind. And and, uh, David is saying, you have opened my eyes. And let me ask you a question. Has he opened your eyes today? I'm speaking first to the believers. Do you go around with open eyes? Do you go around in life with open eyes? Do you see the blessings? Do you see the riches that God has for you? And he says, eyes have not seen. May the Lord open eyes. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard what God has prepared For the ones he loved and died for. Here and in eternity. We start here. Christians, you started here. And you have eternal life. Started it the day you have accepted Jesus as your Savior. He's opened your eyes. And he gave you life. And life eternal. Walk with your head high. And say, thank you Lord for what I have. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't try to see Jesus through them. You will not see him. You need a clear picture. Say, open Lord my eyes. So I won't look at my situations, at things around me. But let me see you clear through eyes of faith. And that's what counts in life. He said, this is the Lord's doing. And then David, and this is marvelous, in our eyes. He starts seeing things. 
He saw things. And then he goes on further. He says, I want to say hallelujah. I want to thank you for something more. What is it? He says, you raise up those who are bowed down. You raise up those who are bowed down. And he tells us, are you down? You're praising the Lord? Yes, I am praising the Lord, he says, because he raised me up. Is your heart broken? I want to ask this morning. Have you been really down? We get down sometimes. We got bogged down. Do you feel rejected? Do you feel sometimes like you are an outcast? Do you feel that you have no friends? Is your spirit crushed? A little bit further. Is there any sin that is eating you from within and pulling you down? Is there a sin that's eating you from within and pulling you down? Is there a secret sin that you kept in the inner chambers of your heart? And you are enjoying that sin between you and yourself and you think no one sees you but God sees you. Is that pulling you down? It's time to let it go. It's it's time to repent and come to the Lord. And this is what he says. He will raise up those who are bowed down. Is this sin bowing you down? Let me tell you what sin does. Then you can put them. These are about five D's. <laughs> but think of that. Think of it. Sin defiles. Sin deceives. Sin of any nature. Sin degrades. Sin depresses. Sin destroys. And after that, do you ask why my life is so bowed down? Why am I entertaining these thoughts? Why am I having this relationship? Why am I having this secret thing that I think, you think no one knows about it? No one thinks about it, but God has eyes to see. Say, open my eyes, Lord, to my sins. Open my eyes and break the chains loose and help me to live a life worthy of the calling. But you know one thing, though sin does all these things, the grace of God is greater than any sin. The grace of God is greater than any sin in the crushing of man's disaster with sin. Grace reaches down. The seeking soul and God provides deliverance. Good news from the wrath to come. God is able to do what man cannot do for himself. So, to the believers, is there anything bogging down? I ask you, dear Christians, this morning, are you still entertaining any sin in your life? Is there anything that is taken away that beautiful fellowship 
and that great relationship with the Lord because you are enjoying it with yourself. Time to throw it out the window and say, Lord, help me to break the chains and be free. Set me free today. And you know, I want to read to you a verse in chapter 123 of Psalms. You don't have to to turn, but I want to tell you one thing. And this is exactly what uh, David it's a song of praise. He says, praise the Lord. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by the teeth of our enemies. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. And here he says, the, the snare is broken and we have escaped. The trap is broken and we have escaped. The Lord is willing to break the trap if you're willing to escape. Whatever is your sin. And young man, young woman. If you still do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're entrapped. You're in prison. You're in jail. And you know, you have tried everything and you cannot get out of jail. I'll tell you one thing. The only one who can break the chains, your chains, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can say, the trap is broken. And we have escaped, escaped today. There is still time before the Lord comes to escape. And the Lord is willing to set you free and give you that life that you've been dreaming about. Yes, thank God he can say that trap is broken. He's been, he's been so many times followed by his enemies. And he was in very dire situations. So many times he thought he was, I'm done. He said, I'm done. I'm going to die today. But thank God, that trap. God broke his traps and he let him go loose. Many, he can say then, he stood up and he can say, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can you? Can you trust the Lord this morning, this afternoon? Say, Lord, I am thankful. Can you? Do you have something to sing about? After all this, do we have something to sing about? And listen, the last word I want to give you. And the Lord keeps his promise forever. Is that something to sing about? You know, in my Bible, I put it down. I, I had a different translation to that. He who kept, he, who keeps faith forever. But I would say, he who keeps his promise forever. Same. Same. We heard about promises last Sunday. Remember that. And Bill gave us a beautiful message. But a reminder. When God told Moses, we studied about that, church. When God told Moses at Horeb, he says, go. Lead the children of Israel and take them out of Egypt and come back. I will meet you back here when you bring the two million people together. Moses, do you think? I don't know what what Moses said in his heart. We'll ask him when we get there. But did he meet him? Was the Lord waiting? They went through the Red Sea. They went through many problems. They went through a big, a long journey. They went through thirst. They went through everything. But the Lord provided a passage on 
dry ground in the middle of the sea. He gave them water to drink. He gave them places to stay. He gave them food all the way until they reached Horeb. And the Lord was waiting there. He says, didn't I tell you I was there? Did I tell you I'll be waiting for you? Whatever your circumstances, whatever you go through, remember one thing. The Lord never fails. He said, I'll never fail you. I'll never leave you. I will always be with you until the end of times. Did he forsake Daniel in the lion's den? Thank you for no. Amen. Did he forsake the three Hebrews when they were thrown in the fiery furnace? Did he forsake you in the time of needs? Can you answer that? No. Never. Amen. We think he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you in the New Testament. You know, when he said that, he said it in the book of Deuteronomy to the children of Israel. He said, I will never leave you all nor forsake you. And his voice is still the same to you Christians of the 21st century. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you have a song to sing about this morning? He promised to come back. Now this is the test. Do you believe he's coming back? He never fails. He said, I'm, just give me some time. I'm going up there and I'm going to prepare for you some tents to live in. Oh, thank you for the correction, Dean. <laughs> mansions. Prepare. When I finish building the mansions in the time, in my timing, I will what? Come again. And I will take you to receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Is that a promise? Okay, is he going to fulfill the promise? And meanwhile, what is he asking us? Go to the world. Go to the byways and highways of life. Go preach. Go teach. Go baptize. Go work, my word. Do my work. Don't let anything fail you. Don't anything stop you. Just sing that song of redemption. Remember when I redeemed you. Keep humming. Keep singing. Keep doing my work. And lo, I'm with you until the end of the world. What does he mean? When the world comes to the end, I'm going to be with you. And put it and take you to be with me. He says, I thank him for his promises. He never fails in his promises. His promises are forever. Do we need more assurance? We have it. We have his word. He's coming for you and for me. And that's a promise that he will fulfill. May we say this morning, or this afternoon rather, may we say, come Lord Jesus. Come and take us to be with you. Meanwhile, let's rejoice. Let's say hallelujah. Let's forget the difficulties that come along the journey. They are only little things compared to his face at the end there, waiting for us, opening his arms and saying, I've been waiting for a long time, time to come home. Well done, each one of you. Can you say that? And if there's someone here this morning, if there's someone here who cannot sing this song, who is not rejoicing in the Lord, I ask you to say, Lord Jesus, come to my heart. Open my eyes. Change my life. I come to you. Save me. And make me a happy person. 
Because Christians are happy people. And we're going to be. And we're going to rejoice. Until he comes, let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for your care, for your love, for your word, for the encouragement, for what you have for us in your wonderful word. We thank you for allowing us to share together these few words. May they bring fruits in our lives. May we be happy Christians. May we be witnessing Christians. May we be waiting for that day when we shall see you face to face. Until then, help us to live with a song in our hearts, with eyes open, and knowing that he who promises will never fail us. We ask for those who don't know you yet, that you open their eyes and open their hearts and change their lives. In Jesus' name, dismiss us. Amen.